You're listening to the SEO for Photographers podcast by Fuel Your Photos. In each episode, Dylan and Corey discuss topics that will help you get more clicks from Google. Ready to rank? Let's dive in. Welcome to episode 37 of the SEO for Photographers podcast with Corey and Dylan from Fuel Your Photos. Today, we're going to talk about our current WordPress stack. Corey, what is a WordPress stack? Well, it, you know, it's interesting because people talk about WordPress as a platform, and it's not really fair to compare WordPress to some of the other platforms, like, for example, Squarespace or Pixieset or Photobiz or even Show It. Like, these are pretty much platforms where you go and you go to one place and you buy a certain sort of subscription and it gives you everything you need for your website. And WordPress, even though they do technically have that with WordPress.com, that's not at all what we're talking about when we're comparing WordPress to those other platforms. Because WordPress is open source software that many, many, many third-party developers have built on top of. And you can have thousands of different kinds of unique setups on WordPress that are basically custom platforms. And what we're calling a stack is the set of software that you're using to run your self-hosted WordPress site. Everything from the hosting to the plugins. And we're going to talk about all of that today. Amazing. I'm super excited. Yeah, it's, it's an important thing to sort of keep up to date. So if you're listening to this podcast, we're recording here in July of 2023. And we can make a disclaimer here at the beginning that these recommendations will definitely change over time. Although looking at the list of things that we have, I will say that a lot of these plugins have been on the list for quite a few years, and I expect them to be on the list for quite a few more. But just know that over time, you the software that's out there that is the best in its class has the potential to change and there are a lot of different scenarios out there for different businesses, and you might want to consider some other options. But for the most part, our goal here is to give photographers a list of recommended software where if you follow our recommendations, you'll avoid many of the headaches that come with WordPress. If you're getting started with WordPress, it can be intimidating, it can be overwhelming. There's a lot to learn and there's a lot to know in the entire ecosystem of hosting your own website and maintaining your own website and building your own website. But at the same time, it's really not that complicated, especially if you follow the right advice from the beginning. That's kind of our goal here is to give you some default options where if you follow these, then you'll have much less to worry about. But if you decide you want to stray away from these recommendations, just do so at your own risk. You know, know the rules first and then decide if you want to break them. Right. I think like using this stack that we're both pretty much using for the majority of our sites, you can pretty much turn your WordPress auto updates on and you're going to have a more like hands-free platform than it, even if you're on like show it or something. Like it's just not going to really break. It's going to be dependable and you're, you're going to have great technical support to back you up if it does. Yeah. For the most part, there's very little to worry about if you're using this sort of stack and if you're not adding much more on top of it, you don't have to worry about a lot of security issues or, you know, just the, the updates and conflicts that can happen inside of WordPress because you're using software that comes from separate third-party development teams. It's a real concern, but we're trying to minimize that with 
making sure that we're using software that comes from developers who have been in the WordPress ecosystem for a long time. And they kind of understand that, right? You have someone on the team that is guiding the path to match up with where WordPress is going and what other plugins are doing and how real users are using WordPress and building their sites. Someone from, a, you know, if you have a really good software team running a plugin or a theme, they're going to be watching all of that. And so you want to make sure that you're picking software from reputable teams that know what they're doing in this space. All right. So should we dive into the top level of the stack? Like first step number one? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So it's going to be a little messy. Uh, it's <laughs> domain registration. Recently. Yeah. Like for years, our go-to recommendation was Google domains because the pricing couldn't be beat. It was super dependable. They had features not available anywhere else. It just worked really well. They were just, they just announced that they're going to be bought out by Squarespace in the next year, year and a half or something like that. Wah, wah, wah. Right. So... <laughs> Yeah, Everyone, yeah. when I started recommending Google domains, all these people were like, yeah, it's one of those projects. They're just going to shut down because yeah, <laughs> it even had been labeled beta for years and yeah. just came out of beta not long ago. Gosh. But you know what? It's, it is what it is. I think that even if the writing was on the wall, it was a great service while it was available. And at least for someone who is like us, it's not a big deal to switch a domain to another registrar, but it right. can be a bit tricky. I will say that moving domains, yeah. depending on the registrar can be a little bit of a pain. There's a simple process that if you follow the process and your registrar gives you all of the features that you need and all of the unlocking that you need and the verification code that you need comes right away and that kind of thing, then moving a domain is no big deal. And I think from Google to anything else that all of that stuff is going to work flawlessly for sure. um, so I'm not worried about moving. What are you thinking about moving to? You know, I, I was pressed with that exact question this week. I had to buy a new domain. And after looking at all of the registrars I currently have domains on, I wasn't in love at all with any of them. Yep. And so I just use Google again. And I'm like, I have <laughs> probably, I don't know, 18 months to figure out where I'm going with that before right. my service or pricing really changes. So I'm just going to push that decision down the road a little bit. Yeah, I'm okay with doing that too. I have probably 20 or 30 domains on Google domains and I don't have any immediate plans to move them. If you're a Squarespace user, then I think this is actually a good thing for you. Although if you're listening to this episode, maybe, well, you know, you could be maybe thinking about switching to WordPress one day or at least considering the options, but it's probably a good thing for Squarespace users and for everyone else, as long as they don't change the software, the interface extremely in the next few, you know, it says that the acquisition is supposed to happen in Q3. So we're at least three months away from that. And then they said that there's a 12 month guaranteed price lock for people from that point. So as far as pricing, it'll be the same. But if as long as they don't change the interface significantly, I'd be OK with moving all the way until I was unhappy with whatever they are changing. If they change it, you never know. They could keep it at $12 domains. I mean, maybe buying this infrastructure gives them a better cost efficiency. Who knows exactly what the deal yeah. looks like. So I think they're going to ramp up prices. I think so too. I think it'll go to my 20 bucks fear, a month. Exactly. My, my real fear is the one feature I use on Google domains that you can't really get at most other registrars is path level redirects. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm sure that might go away. They'll probably just simplify the UI, make it easier. Right. And uh, that's going to be a pain in the butt. But and honestly, that's okay. That feature is another reason that I love Google Domains and is a great reason to consider Cloudflare as your new right. default option for domain registration. 
I just went in and looked at it again recently to kind of get an idea for what their current interface looks like. And I was pleasantly surprised that it is more modern than I was used to Good. before when I used Cloudflare. Cloudflare can, can be a little <laughs> bit confusing. It's enterprise software for the most, like that's their their prime offering is, you know, CDNs for really, and, and DDoS really protection. Yeah. Exactly. Like they're helping the biggest websites in the world to make sure that they don't get taken down by DDoS attacks. That's one of their biggest things. We're delivered yeah. content in, you know, every country as fast as it can possibly be delivered, things like that. But they do domain registration at cost. It is wholesale. It's $9.15 currently for a year. And that includes all the things you would expect, everything from Google domains, other than just the automatic verification for Search Console and Workspace. Amazing. So I would say my default option from now on is going to be Cloudflare. The interface cool. looked pretty good. The TLDs they offer look pretty good. The pricing is great. And then like you were mentioning, if you want to get into some sort of advanced redirect rules, Cloudflare is the place to be. Like literally right. one of the things they're kind of built on is that sort of customization of domain options and you can do all kinds of advanced things, but you don't have to. And I do think that it'll be easy enough for beginners to just get a domain registered and set the DNS and leave it alone. For sure. I have heard that people complain that they have they don't have a lot of the newer TLDs, the weird ones. Yeah. I and saw that like, they had quite a few. Right? My my advice is like don't use those. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> if you're struggling to find them to register, like users are going to be confused and you'll run into problems sharing links and stuff like that on social media. They have all the main ones plus a few. I mean, I know I, I know they have .co, .io, .I mean, I saw a lot of the really weird TLDs on there. So you'll have at least most, maybe for some countries, they may not have country level TLDs. I don't know about that, but you know, if you're doing yeah. .com, then I would say definitely Cloudflare is my re recommendation there. And real quick, why is it important that you not use, let's just throw out a couple of names here. GoDaddy, Namecheap, Hover, these kind You're of- already getting me triggered. Right? Like these these kind of bread and butter, like you you would see these everywhere. If you go search for a domain registrar, you're probably going to find one of these. If you bought your hosting from Bluehost or SiteGround or pretty much any big box hosting company, they may have offered to include the domain. It's probably registered through some sort of third-party registrar. Most of those companies don't have their own registry, which by the way, like there's this whole process that they have to- there's like an organization, a nonprofit organization that governs domains. And I can. A, yeah, exactly. I can. And they have, you have to be accredited and you have to, you have to meet these certain requirements of trust and things like that to become a registry or registrar. And not most hosting companies don't get into that. But why would you not want to go with Namecheap or GoDaddy, for example? For me, it's always been upsells charging for features that should be standard and are standard elsewhere yep. or scaring people into thinking they need features that they don't and yep. then charging them hundreds of dollars. Definitely for GoDaddy. That is their MO. Yeah. Uh, sure. Do they even offer SSL for free yet? I don't think so. I don't think I, so I think either. it's, yeah, 2023, middle of 2023, still no SSL for free. Yeah. Namecheap isn't as bad. I think you've had some bad experiences there. I think it was mostly user error, but even then yeah. it was like where you shouldn't be able to have user error, especially for an advanced <laughs> user. Right. Yeah. But still like just kind of stay away from shady, cheap domain registrars. And I think if they're trying to sell you anything other than domain registration, then probably the domain registration part of it is a loss leader for them. And exactly. I don't know that I want that. I want, 
I think that that's what's great about something like Cloudflare. I have no worries about them shutting down because they're not selling some cheap email hosting or something like that. Like <laughs> they're going to be in business for a very long time, as far as I can tell. And that that it's even though domains are not their primary focus, it is something that they can confidently add and and maintain. It seems cool. All right. So once you have your host or your domain registered, where do you go next? I think next you had to look at hosting. Totally. So we, I think we came to the conclusion last week that we're down to one recommendation for hosting Yep. because we just can't, like we try so many other hosts and we deal with so many other hosts with our clients and students and it's cadence just keeps coming back to being the perfect mix of price. You're talking uh, about Cloudways. Or sorry, Cloudways. Sorry, sorry. Cloudways has the best price, performance, offering for photographers. Like photography sites are hard for hosting because you typically need so much storage. Yeah. And so that automatically disqualifies some of the other decent hosts like Kinsta and and others that just don't offer enough storage in their pricing. Right. It's like five gigs for, you know, $25, $35 a month to upgrade (laughs) it by itself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Cloudways is really it. And they just got bought out by DigitalOcean. So at DigitalOcean is, I was using DigitalOcean for most of my servers on Cloudways anyway. I was using a few on Vulture, which is no longer an option. Although it seems like you can keep your legacy ones, I think. They haven't told yep. me I can't. For um, sure. But anyway, DigitalOcean is very reputable. And if you're a nerd, you might even use DigitalOcean droplets like without the Cloudways interface. If you exactly. know a little bit about server administration, a lot of the biggest companies in the world are using DigitalOcean. It's a very well-known and reputable like like raw level hosting for developers to lean on and cloudways is basically just putting a user-friendly interface on top of that with sort of automated management so the one thing i don't love is that cloudways will like market themselves as managed hosting and i mm. and i would not say at all that it's managed hosting it is no monitor automatically monitored hosting maybe you will get notifications if things are down or if whatever you've set notifications up for, like if you're running out of space or if you're having any sort of you know memory usage problems, it will be monitored and you will get notified and someone there is going to be able to help you with that. So I would say it is in that way, you can get the tech support that you need, but it's not something that's actively managed where like very specific server uh, resources are allocated specifically to your site and then actively monitored and adjusted by a team member there. You could get that level of managed hosting in several places, but it's usually going to be quite expensive. I mean, I would be expecting 50 to $100 a month for that level of level of managed hosting. Yeah. What, so, about, yeah. what about, okay, so why did we go down to one? We had a couple others on the list. We had SiteGround, we had WPX, sure. and yep. a lot of people are going to be using SiteGround. I know that out of the people listening here, I bet you if if you're already on self-hosted WordPress and you're not using Cloudways, I would say that the majority of the rest of the people are using something like SiteGround. Totally. Why are we not recommending SiteGround and WPX anymore? For sure. So for SiteGround, they were just very inexpensive. And for a long time, their performance was surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. Like you would, you would transfer your site, migrate it to SiteGround, and you'd see a great boost in your page loading times like and over uptime Bluehost and everything. Exactly. Their price was always an introductory price. So you'd get that really good $5 a month or something for the first year. Three, You could and lock it in up to three years in the past, but you right. cannot do that anymore. Interesting. Yeah, You can lock in a deal for three years, 
but it's not, it's $5 a month for the first 12 months and then a higher number that's just slightly discounted for the next two years. Got it. At least that's what I learned at last. Yeah. And it, I, I can't tell you how many people came to me saying like, hey, I thought this was just going to be 60 bucks a year. And right. now they want 350 or 400 or something. Right. They uh, end up being about the same price as Cloudways whenever they jack the price up. Exactly. And you're just not getting great hosting. The, the quality of the hosting deteriorated over time. I don't know if they were bought out or just became significantly more popular, but it feels like they're just cramming far too many sites on their, their servers. And it just, it, it wasn't performing the way it used to. Whenever that's your model, like scaling as high as possible for consumer-based hosting, you'd have to expect that there's going to be problems at scale. They've done a decent job of managing. I mean, they still have a good reputation. If you're not having any problems with SiteGround, you love it, you've had great customer service there, your site's as fast as you want. Uh, I'm not going to say never use it. I'm just saying for sure. new people that we're recommending, if you're just getting started, you might as well start with Cloudways and avoid the potential headaches altogether. Plus, it's going to be much easier for us to write tutorials and to give advice and support even for free in our group if we know that more people are using the same kind of hosting then we can just automatically, it's what we use, it's what we know, we can answer questions easily. I think those are all benefits as well if you're part of this community. Yep, I totally agree. And Cloudways has a, a new dashboard that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I feel so, I feel like they're only getting better. Like the, this exactly. acquisition for them was a good thing. I feel like it's improved some since then for me. I don't know, I just think it yeah. looks like what I think consumer hosting should look like personally as someone who's tried lots and lots of companies. I mean, if you can name a WordPress host, I've probably used it. Dylan has probably used all the same ones. And right. it's it's impressive to me how much, if I were going to make a hosting company, Cloudways is pretty much what it would look like. So exactly, I, I think it's exactly what people should be starting off with. It can be a little bit confusing and intimidating. So let's talk just for a second about yeah. like what to use when you start with Cloudways and maybe any tricks on getting started. Totally. So if you just want to write down some stack stuff, one gigabyte server is going to be enough for most sites, especially like a brand new photography site for a newer brand that doesn't have a lot of traffic or needs. Yep. To to go up to the two gig is not a huge cost increase. You're going to go from about $11 a month to about $24 a month. Mm -hmm. The two gigabyte servers have some additional performance benefits. They they have free object caching. You can get them on performance servers rather than just standard, which is an extra few bucks a month. So that's like my, my typical server choice is just get one in a location near you on either one or two gigs. Yeah. And I will say the one gig, they even have a warning in there that when you go to set up the WordPress application, it will tell you that you probably shouldn't use the one gig server for production sites. It's really for testing. That being said, we've tested it a lot. I mean, I know that we have at least one site or one server right now that's, I think, still one gig that might have maybe 12 or 15 WordPress sites on it. Now, yep. all of those are low traffic like almost no one is going to them. They're like test sites and demo sites for like people who are just setting their things up and everything like that. But that being said, you can definitely run WordPress on the one gig. And again, like Dylan said, if it's just, if you're just starting out and it's low traffic, if you're getting less than 10,000 page views a month, you're not running e-commerce, you're not running a heavy page builder. So we're not necessarily here talking to people who are thinking about 
flow themes, Elementor, Divi. I would not at all use the one gig on any of those. <laughs> but if you're going to follow the rest of our advice, then the one gig will probably be great for your up until you're in the thousands of page views a month, as long as you're not running e-commerce and don't have any kind of like you're not letting users sign up on your site. Things like that can really start to use more processing power and RAM, and you'll need to kind of move up at that point. So pay attention to the second tier so that you know that <laughs> if you're going to grow, that's what you should kind of budget and expect for your hosting to be looking at it right this minute. Premium two gig is $28 a month. Standard two gig is $24 a month. Either of those would be fine. And I think that puts it in line with what you would expect from something like Squarespace, the lowest tier on something like show it most of the pixie set and anything like that is generally in that 20 to 30 dollars to start so i think that's pretty in line with the industry for what you're getting your hosting is going to be your biggest cost for wordpress in most cases and it is basically your you are hosting your website you are the server this is the server that runs things and you need to really be careful to make the right choice and treat this decision with respect i think yep if you're on cloudways you're also probably going to want to get Elastic Emails SMTP, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So that's going to help send your form submissions and any emails from your website. Right. Cloudways requires you to use SMTP, which is just a much more secure version of the old WordPress PHP email. So the old form submissions used to work, but were not as secure and you weren't not as reliable. Yeah, what, what's basically happening is when they're when they're making you verify your domain through an SMTP provider, then it's got a place to send it through essentially to make sure that the website is sending valid email. It's not spam. It's not someone who's hacking it. It's going to be verified and that's going to give you a much better deliverability. And yeah, it's, it's a good step. It's a little bit confusing. That's one thing that I'm, I'm glad we're mentioning it here, because if you are getting started, that's something that you may find that your forms are not working or your, your password resets are not working if you don't have an SMTP server enabled. They have one elastic email. It's 10 cents a month for a thousand emails, which is more than most people will need. Nice. Speaking of that, what yeah. about email in general? What are your thoughts? Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I run one of two setups. Either I use Google Workspace, which is just easy and it i i typically had already had a google account for my brand and, and just wanted it all to be in that ecosystem right or i use their rack space add-on yep. which i believe is one dollar per month per inbox yep that's correct and yeah google's what six bucks a month now for workspace or something like yeah. that is it 10 it it's five have, to ten might have gone up yeah yeah uh, so it might even be as high as 14. Yeah, <laughs> it's not cheap depending on what exactly you need. I, they might still have an email option that's five or six bucks a month. I'm not sure. Yep, they do. Uh -huh. It's $6 for starter. Yeah. And that's a email, not all of your like, you know, calendar and everything else, I think. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, if you need all of that and you want to stay within the Google e ecosystem there for your business and that syncs up with your phone better, that's a good reason to do it. But if you want the cheapest thing, it is worth noting that hosts like SiteGround and Bluehost, many others out there will include email, like domain email. Mm -hmm. And even though that's tempting, I will say of all the years of helping people, I've had so many issues with those kinds of hosting email setups that I've never had with Rackspace or with Google Workspace. 
Rackspace being the option within Cloudways. If you want to add it on, normally it's a minimum of $5 per month, but with this add-on inside of Cloudways, you could do $1 per email. They also have aliases you can use if you want to set up so that, that people can send to other emails, you can do that and mm-hmm. that doesn't cost extra. But if you want to send and receive from one email, there are still actually some workarounds with Gmail right. where you can get more than one for just $1, but I won't get into all that. Obviously, that's really kind of <laughs> tricky in advance. If you just need an email, like one general email for your domain, I think the Rackspace option on Cloudways is great. So you would be up to $1.10 over the, let's say, $24 a month if you were on the standard plan for all the things that you would need from Cloudways. Perfect. All right. I think that covers hosting. Should we move on to themes? Yeah, I think that's going to be fun. (laughs) Okay. Again, we're down to one one recommendation here. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say that there are not WordPress themes that can build perfectly great sites in 2023. Yep. I would say that like Genesis is fine. It's good. Is it bl- Brixy or Bloxy? Bloxy. Yeah. That's There's probably a Brick fine. something. Bricks, I think too. Bricks Builder. Yeah. Yeah. There's some good Astra. stuff out there. Yeah. Like Astra's updating. Uh, and there's doing the Generate Press, Ocean. I don't know if they still yeah. exist, but there's all of these are like they've been pretty good for a long time. And most of them are like keeping up to date with how things are going in WordPress. Right. And we've talked about it a little bit in other episodes, but WordPress is like on this precipice between old school, old school as of a few years ago, just block editor and then full site is at full site editing. And if you come back and we ask this question in a year, we might have different answers based on which themes have gone fully into full site editing and if full site editing is something that we recommend for most sites. Yeah, it's, it's worth mentioning a little bit more here, I think. I I think that Cadence, the reason I'm so confident making it the one recommendation right now is because I think what they're doing overall seems like it's the right direction. And they're, they're already mentioned they're going to have a full site editing option. Either they'll have a separate theme that they develop or there will be some way to toggle it. But you'll be able, they have a roadmap to get into full site editing. As long as they are going to do that or they are building and they're aware of people using full site editing or allow you to use full site editing, I think I would keep recommending Cadence. So I feel confident that it's going to be a great option for at least several years right now. Yep. I do think that in 2024, we'll if we do another update of this episode, we probably will at least have to mention if Cadence isn't like 100% block editor is not 100% full site editing I would say we'll probably at least need a FSE full site editing recommendation along with Cadence because I'm even thinking about testing on my personal site. I just can't give up the features that Cadence has already built where in full site editing, it's kind of there, but it's like you have to really know how to do it and it's a little bit of a pain to do it. Whereas in Cadence, it's extremely easy right now and it's still best practice, at least for the customizer. And WordPress is not taking away access to the customizers. Like classic themes, as far as I know, there's no current talk of phasing them out completely for block themes, but block themes are the new default and the full site editing experience is the new default. So I imagine eventually customizer might be like support at your own risk. Like your theme developer will have to support this as a custom feature, not a core WordPress feature. Yeah. It's so wild to me because I feel like Themes that fully embrace the customizer are just now like liable in like tw- like just in the past year. 
Yeah, but it's interesting. It's I mean, it's, I, I felt like we just got into like really loving right. the customizer and then all of a sudden WordPress is like, no, we're doing full site editing. Get rid of that. Yeah. We're going to replace it with the editor, which I think is extremely confusing. <laughs> totally. like, when you have to, when you have up at the top of your page, edit page and then edit site and you go to edit site, but it doesn't let you edit the site the way you thought it was going to let you. It's, it's still <laughs> got a lot for them to work out, even the kind of language that they use around it. But full site editing is coming. And I, I want to just take a quick break here and say, okay. if... Anybody that so far is intimidated, we're saying a lot of words. I should have said this at the very beginning. There's a lot of words that we're saying here that if you're just getting started with WordPress, you probably don't know them. And it's okay. Like, really, we're here to help you learn these things. And they're not as intimidating as they might sound at first. A lot of abbreviations. And we mentioned some of the technical things because if someone is doing their own research, we want them to know these terms when they're comparing. So hopefully this is helpful for you to sort of know what you might be looking for and like what to compare if you're doing your own research, which we always recommend that you do. So don't be overwhelmed by them. Write them down. Ask questions in our our group or the membership and even in the comments here on this episode. We'll be happy to clarify what we're saying if you're lost and you might get lost in some of the other things we're going to say here. We're still going to talk about a few more advanced things, but just know that a lot of times you can get started with the basics without even fully understanding everything and how it works. If you just kind of follow a tutorial, we've got some out there, get it set up. It won't be something that you have to like really master to run your own site effectively. Completely. All right. So drum roll, what is your favorite theme for WordPress? <laughs> can we, can, we've kind of mentioned it like seven times already, but it's Cadence for yeah. sure right now. Okay. I'm definitely using Cadence Pro. We'll, we could talk a little bit about yeah. the differences. But yeah. I definitely have not found anything that I'm liking more than Cadence at the moment. There are a few people that I'm watching that are like embracing full site editing and trying to bring the features of Cadence. So I think there's some really cool players out there, but I would not say there's a few that have kind of gotten some hype and people have asked me like, have you seen this? And I'm like, I go look at it. And I'm like, this isn't even close to what Cadence yeah. is already doing. Like they're, they've got a really good leg up because what happened is Whenever things went to block editor by default, Cadence was one of the first players to really embrace the block editor and put out a set of blocks that really were well supported and well featured and well, like they were made well, they performed well, all of that. And then they were, they were bought by a bigger company that allowed them even more resources and a bigger team. And I, I just think it's hard to compete with that right now. Yeah, I can't think of a competitor that I would even put near their tier. Yeah, for current offering. So you bring up Cadence Pro. I've recently built a handful of sites on Cadence and also use Cadence Pro on my main photography site. What are the main differences between the two? I mean, for me, the the number one reason that I would get Cadence Pro, the theme, is hooked elements. I've been using them pretty extensively lately, just in building headers and footers, custom sidebars, things like a hello bar, any kind of notification, anything that's custom to a specific category or tag or user, anything. So, the possibilities are endless. We were actually doing this on an office hours call recently. I helped someone set up a new footer with hooked elements. And it was just mm -hmm. like, it was blowing people's minds how many things you could do if you wanted to like get into some sort of creative marketing funnels and customization yeah. for the way that people are using your site. It's pretty incredible if you want to get into that sort of thing. If that If you think, yes, I know some things I could do when I talk about stuff like that, 
that Cadence Pro is probably for you. If you're like, oh my God, right. I would never do any of that, then you probably don't need it. Well, at least not for right. elements. Yeah. And an example from a recent site I worked on would be a photographer that had two specialties and they wanted to have a different navigation bar for their wedding site versus their portrait site. And that was super easy to do with the hooked elements. Yeah. And I mean, in general, like what's it called? Quality of life. I would say that the like building your header and footer with the customizer builder in Cadence might be my least favorite thing about Cadence. So I agree. just getting rid of that and being able to build them with the regular block editor is, in my opinion, worth the price by itself. But yeah. I know that some people are not in a place to put that extra, what is it, like $70 a year or something like that for Pro. Yeah. So if you're, if you're really trying to save money, I would say that the benefits of Cadence Pro for the theme are pretty much quality of life and creative freedom kinds of things. Yeah. Unless we're talking about the bundle, I think you might have a few things that we can talk about there. For sure. Yeah. So outside of the whole bundle discussion, I guess it might be in the bundle discussion, but the two other issues that I like with Cadence Pro would be they have a custom font plugin mm -hmm. and there are free custom font plugins for WordPress, but having the Cadence plugin that works so well with their theme and plugins is so nice. Yep. This means that your custom fonts will load on the back end while you're editing your content. You can control them properly from the customizer and it just is seamless. So that's super nice. And then they also have the header footer scripts. This is like a, a tiny, like this should almost be included in cadence free, but this just allows you to simply put in like your Google analytics for snippet right. <laughs> things like that site-wide. Mm -hmm. Like once again, there's free plugins for that, but this is nice. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things, especially if you're thinking about the the bundle, like I would definitely use the pro if you're going to do the bundle. So we'll talk about that here in a second, because we need to talk about the the blocks, I guess. How do you want to yeah, let that in? That. Anything else you want to say about themes? Let's, I guess, child themes. Yeah. The way that WordPress works is you can have a, a base theme, a parent theme, and use all of that. And then if you want to modify that, you can use what's called a child theme. And the child theme simply puts in any file that's modified from the parent and allows people to design custom themes that add on or, or change the parent theme. In a non-destructive way. Exactly. So you can continue to update the parent without getting rid of your changes made by the child. Yep. So these are used by designers often to make themes based on cadence. One that we recently announced was Sightsee, yep. which is my wife just doing a, some cool photography themes on Cadence. Another company, Design Space, out of the UK, does really good work. And then Restored 316 is also doing some child themes for Cadence. Yeah, I think we'll see even more over time. And we have one in the membership that's free, blank yeah. starter child theme, if you want to like really just start with a blank canvas and not have the really, there's sort of some annoying defaults whenever you set up Cadence. I say annoying, it's just like it takes a while to get them all configured the way you want. That's the nice thing about a child theme, right? You can bundle sort of configurations that not only can you like modify the theme files in a non-destructive way. If you're going to do any sort of custom PHP, you definitely want a child theme. If you're, you know, for a lot of beginners, they would never do anything like that. It can still be nice to have a child theme, like customizer settings get attached to the child theme, and then you can import, export customizer settings from other sites. Like like Dylan's saying, these companies 
including Sightsee, you know, you're able to bundle the customizer settings, some templates that allow you to like import demo content and all of the defaults that you want all in the child theme so that it's like a really simple install. Yep. Once you have that, you need to use a builder. In the past, we've talked about a lot of different third-party WordPress builders like Elementor or Divi, even Flow Themes is Flex. I guess show it would kind of count, maybe? You can't really, can you sort of? Yeah, can you create show it drag and drop content in a blog post or is that not really the... no not like that no but it is sort yeah. of a builder if you're doing the templates with their drag and drop software then you are technically building wordpress pages yeah so sort of that's true builder so instead of all of those now we're just using cadence blocks yep. it's blocks based but you can create at least for me practically everything that you'd ever want to create with a builder like Divi or or elementor we haven't mentioned this yet i don't think but when we talk about blocks, we're also talking about what you might have heard of called Gutenberg. Yes. So that's just standard WordPress editor right now, or we call it the block editor as well. Yeah. It was called the Gutenberg project when it was in beta. Yep. So yeah, Cadence Blocks, super great. The free version is useful, and I you can build most photography sites on the free version. Yep. There are a few key features that you might be looking at Pro for. Yep. One of those is the PostGrid carousel allows they have a basic one built into free now but it it's annoying it's very annoyingly basic. limited yeah yeah i had to do some custom css on the free version that's included in the site c themes well, let's put it like this though it can do most of if not all of what show it can do with their post insert editor as far as i can tell yeah it, so like while it's limited for us compared to the, the pro <laughs> version it's still you can do a lot with it. There, there, there are ways I've seen some people using it creatively. And like Dylan said, maybe add a little bit of custom CSS or something like you can, you can make it work if you need to, but yeah, the, the pro version is so much better. It's nice. And then they have a portfolio grid or carousel and that's pretty nice as well. Yeah. So for a photography site, those two are big. And then the image overlay block, allowing you to quickly just do it an image overlay with text is super awesome. Yeah, I'm surprised I, I don't, on your list I hear I don't see the advanced gallery block. I should have added that. You're right. I think that's the, that and <laughs> that's the post grid block are the two that I'm like always wishing yeah. I had when I'm trying to use free. The advanced gallery just giving you, like if you're looking at any modern photography websites that have galleries or portfolios that you can sort of look through many images and you tried to use the free version to emulate them, you might be a little bit frustrated or disappointed. I will say there are other free plugins out there for WordPress that might allow you to accomplish that. If you're set on staying with Cadence free, there may be a free solution out there. Again, you're introducing potential conflicts, you're introducing other third parties by doing that, but it is a potential solution. But anyway, with the advanced yep. gallery block, you can add at least several very nice professional looking, like a, a slider that slides your images through that you know automatically works with multiple different orientations and the settings are all really nice kind of by default and then like the masonry grid and the there's one that like can do all square images or something like that and open in a in a light box so there's stuff like that that you might expect to have in a builder for photographers i would say you might want cadence blocks pro yep and they have a video pop-up in modal that's also pretty great if you're doing that sort of thing mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. 
finally, getting Cadence Box Pro and the Cadence Theme Pro mixed with a few other things. I think it's the custom fonts plugin is one twenty nine a year. Yeah. So that's not terrible for all of that. Yeah, it says one twenty nine for the first year renews at one forty nine annually, according to the website. So I was wondering the okay. pricing has changed a little bit lately. Just the theme is $59 the first year and it's 79 after that. And I'm not sure what just the blocks are. I'm not on that page right now. Actually, I can get to it really quick. But anyway, the 149 a year, what's that end up being per month? That's under $12 a month or right around there actually. Yeah. So add that to your total for hosting. Let's say you're at that two gig plan. So you're at, you know, 36, 37, let's just call it $40 a month if you want the best, like the pro features. You can pretty much do anything you can imagine. It's not drag and drop, but that's for a reason. That's, you know, right. we think that that's pretty much any developer who's trying to follow best practices for accessibility and responsiveness would like scoff at the idea of drag and drop builders. So anyway, that would be around $40 a month, which, you know, if you're comparing that to like show it's advanced 34. blog plan is around 40, isn't it? Yeah. Right in there. And then the, if I don't know what the, what was I going to say? Squarespace is going to be a little bit lower, I think. Some of the others are in that $30 to $40 range. Profoto now is in like that $40 to $50 range with their managed hosting. So I think it's, it sounds like a lot more than I think a lot of people will expect when we talk about WordPress. And we're not done yet. Like there are other things you may want to right. add that may add an additional cost to that. But I would still say, remember that if you're just getting started, you can go with Cadence Free and the $11 a month hosting from Cloudways and still have an excellent yeah. setup and you would be at $11 a month. So <laughs> you could start there and sort of like work your way up into the features that you need over time. And I think for an established business that's using their website in the way that we recommend that you use your website for marketing, pretty much all of your marketing, your online presence, your your portfolio of your work, your way of interacting with the world in like, you know, conversations that are important to you. Paying 40 or $50 a month, I think is still very reasonable for a modern website and you running it yourself and all the power that comes with that. So just my perspective there. <laughs> all right. So once you've built your site, you're probably going to want it to perform well for users. Yep. And a lot of photographers like to pass those like page speed insights, core web vitals tests. Yeah. So you're probably going to need a caching plugin. Yep. Do you have any recommendations there? Well, I'll start with the easy and then you go on to the more advanced. So for okay. me, if I'm using Cloudways already, I'm probably going to at least test how it performs with just Breeze, which is the Cloudways fork of WP Rocket with a lot of the stuff stripped out and a lot of the new features not added back in. So it's the very fundamental basics of caching. Now, I don't want to get into too many advanced things, but Cloudways also has, now I'm blanking on it as I try to say it live. What's yeah. the is it server cache? Object Cache Pro and Varnish. Varnish is what I'm thinking of. And it can be frustrating if you don't know about the server level caching and you forget that you might need to clear it. One thing nice thing about Breeze is that it's built into the interface to clear your Varnish when you refresh. You can do the same with WP Rocket, but they've definitely tailored it to the hosting at Cloudways. And I will say that for many sites, it's probably good enough. Like it will get you quite decent scores. Users shouldn't be having any problems with like getting to your pages quickly and them loading properly. 
you could probably get away with this. And it's free for CloudWise users. I, actually, it's free for anyone. But again, it's configured automatically on the WordPress apps that you would install on CloudWise. Yep. So going out from there, awesome. where would you go? Totally. So I always test Breeze and then I, I also test WP Rocket against it. And in the past few years, WP Rocket was losing that test quite often until they just added this new unused CSS tool. And since then, WP Rocket's been winning every time. So I've been, I've been using that. I believe it's, is it 49 or 59 a year? Somewhere in that range. So it's, it's a performance plugin that, I mean, it's, you're, you're paying five bucks a month. For me, it's worth it. But like Corey said, your site's probably fast enough with just Breeze. Yeah. And again, this does depend on kind of what features you want to use. If you're using more slideshows, more galleries, images that you want to like dynamically preload and fonts that you really want to host locally and have some options on how you load them and where. There's a lot of technical things that you can do with WP Rocket very, I mean, I say very easily, easily compared to how you would have to do it outside of WP Rocket. So they have some pretty smart, like you said, the, the unused CSS thing was brilliant. And maybe Breeze will kind of include that one day. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I feel like uh, okay, real quick, let's talk a little bit about GPL and how licensing works with plugins and what you're doing whenever you're subscribing to a plugin, because I'm sure that a lot of people who aren't, you aren't started on WordPress yet don't really understand this. Yeah, um, totally. WordPress is open so, source, right? So it is free to use for any reason and anyone can use it. And as part of the licensing for using WordPress, when you build something on top of WordPress, you have to adopt the license that WordPress uses, sort of. There's like some caveats and it's really kind of a little bit complicated. I don't want to get into every detail. There are certain things you can still copyright, trademark, lock down. But generally, when people are selling a plugin or a theme, the licensing is really you're paying for support and updates. And yep. it's totally possible for certain plugins for you to pay once and then not update them in the future. And I will say that in some cases in the past, I've even done this with something like WP Rocket where I paid for it once and then maybe two or three years later, I hadn't renewed it again. And I would wait until I'm like, okay, this isn't working as well or I need the new features. And then I would decide to manually upgrade to the newest version, which would basically cost the renewal again. Some of them will give you options for like renewing at a lower price if you keep your subscription. So that could be something. I think WP Rocket's one of those. I think it renews at a lower price. Yeah. And so just kind of look into these things and understand that just because you pay for it in the beginning doesn't necessarily mean that you have to keep paying for it to keep using it. It just means that you're going to need to keep paying for it to continue to get support from the developers and to get the most recent version. And for certain plugins, that may be critical. Like if we're talking about security, if we're talking about anything that is, it needs to be updated or else it's going to be vulnerable, then I would say you want to make sure you're paying the subscription. But outside of that, you may have some flexibility there. Totally. Sorry, that uh, was a if you're also, off oh, rabbit hole. It was a good side tangent. <laughs> yeah. Finally, for caching, we hear a lot of good things about Lightspeed Cache and it is free. Mm -hmm. I just test that with your setup and see if that works for you. The basics are that you most WordPress sites need to have some sort of browser caching and these plugins will all enable that. Yeah. After that, WordPress has a lot of bloat in it. WordPress is kind of made to work across a large variety of websites and has a large variety of features that people have added over the years. 
and you don't need all of them. So there's a fun plugin called Perf Matters that makes it really easy to disable. Like there's pretty much a checklist inside the settings and you can check every almost every one of those boxes as the typical photography site and just get rid of a lot of junk. Yeah. Perf Matters also has a, a couple features like being able to disable CSS and J JavaScript files on specific pages or across specific page types. Yeah. This makes it so like if you have a plugin like a contact form plugin that adds a lot of uh, JavaScript and CSS to every page on your website, you can disable it except on the pages that that contact form exists. Things like that. Yeah. And you'd be surprised how many things, uh, especially if you start getting into e-commerce, where you've got yeah. code added to every page that is not needed on 99% of the pages. <laughs> Freaking like PayPal or something, like making sure that it's a secure user. Yeah, uh, there's, there's a lot of weird stuff out there like that. This really is starting to get into the nerdy stuff of WordPress. And I will it's say <laughs> it's worth it if you really want peace of mind and you want to pass all the page speed scores and you want the best possible website. Like if you're if you're trying to be your your own host, right? And you want to be the very best, then this kind of thing is what you would do. Like if you're thinking about competing against like, you know, it's funny. I, I was going to mention WP Engine, but I don't even think they're that good, yeah. right? Honestly. No. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, I don't, you like know, a hundred bucks a month for what would be, I guess maybe there's like a $35 plan for some people that they might consider. But a lot of the hosting that is going to have all of these features built in is going to be 60 to a hundred dollars a month for what you would be getting on Cloudways. And so, you know, adding in these features with plugins gives you best in class for each category and you know, really just having every feature you could possibly want. So just keep that in mind yeah. that if you're, so like if you were to go buy a site from, or a, a child theme from Sightsee right now that Dylan and Jess are running and you follow their tutorials and they walk you through these things, you can have the nerdiest setup possible that's going to be absolutely excellent. And it's really easy because all you have to do is follow the tutorial. So, right. Totally. Yeah. Okay. I just remembered one more Perf Matters feature that came out fairly recently that just blew my okay. mind. Lazy loading of images has been really great since browsers built that yep. in, but background images via CSS were not lazy loading. Mm. And it's surprising how many people's websites have a lot of video or image backgrounds. Yep. Perf Matters built that in where you can tell it what CSS class to look for and lazy load those backgrounds, wow. which is pretty cool. That is really cool. That's a little bit, it sounds like it would be a little advanced, but a little nerdy at the same time, cool that is, I've had that be the only thing that's preventing passing core web vitals because you can't get the like largest contentful paint or whatever. Yeah. That would be a potential. Exactly. Yeah. And then finally per, for performance, you should probably compress your images well and, or think about converting them into the newer image standard file names, file types. Like WebP. Exactly. WebP primarily. We've recommended a plugin called ShortPixel for that for years, and it's still doing pretty well. Yeah. I used it last week on the demo site for Sightsee, Caldera theme, and the compression worked flawlessly. The WebP conversion and serving those WebPs worked across the site, including slideshows and that was all great. Corey does bring up a good point or did bring up a good point in the pre-show that the amount of credits you have to spend across all of your image thumbnail sizes, 
especially if you're creating WebPs for all of those, which used to be free, can get quite cost prohibitive on older sites with a lot of images. Yeah. I would love to hear some, this is one of the recommendation categories where I would say, I would encourage you to look and see what the competitors look like currently, especially if you're using WP Rocket, I would consider ImageFi because they have a, it might even be not just a partnership. It's, I think they bought them, didn't they? It's built in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I would say that might be more simple. It's worth, I, I haven't run a comparison of ImageFi and ShortPixel recently, but those would be the two that would be at the top of my list as far as not only are they going to do the job, but they also have the reputation. Remember earlier how I talked about people who have been in the WordPress space for a long time and tested against all kinds of setups and they know exactly what could break. Both of these two are like key players, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's some other players that might be more affordable and still get you the same end results. So it, it's worth, I need to explore this category a little bit more personally. And if there's any of you out there who are WordPress nerds who are listening and you have other suggestions here, we would like to hear those so that we can add them to our list for testing. But ShortPixel, yeah. at least we know it gets the job done and it is it has some really cool features. The only real thing that I'm concerned about right now is just pricing and whether that makes sense for most people. Yep. I think it was about five years ago that I compared like six different compression plugins and tools. And the compression coming out of them was all roughly the same level. So the biggest thing was just that you, if you're not compressing your images properly, you need to use something. And then it's really fine details after that. Yep. All right, so we've got the site set up with a theme, potentially a child theme. We've got a builder now. We've got performance dialed in. What kind of categories do we have left? Yeah, so I think we need an SEO plugin. Yeah, we need an SEO. Uh, we might have some some things to think about with security, and then maybe we have a few miscellaneous things here at the end. So let's just jump into SEO. Yeah. Let's do it. So for us, for years, we're using Yoast almost out of necessity. The majority of WordPress sites on the web were using Yoast, and so... If you weren't, you were kind of standing apart from the crowd and you couldn't really talk about your settings with other people. And if there's a huge WordPress change, Yoast would have an update within minutes and other plugins might be days or weeks. I think that's kind of changed with SEO Press. There's enough people using it and the tools are better enough than Yoast that I'm comfortable recommending that to most people. Yeah, I think honestly, the change really started happening when rank math really started to take over so much market share. They all, there's always been all yep. in one, but I feel like for the people who really, really know SEO, there was never really a big comparison between all in one and Yoast. Like Yoast was just way better than all in one. For sure. And then rank math came onto the scene and they have, even though we've talked about this many times in the past, but the, the, there's some sketchy stuff with the beginnings of rank math and the team that was running it and the stuff that they were doing was just maybe not even ethical. And there were even some really weird kind of like, okay, wait, did they just do something that's like completely not secure? And it's going to make so that if I don't pay this, then it's going to like shut down my site. It was not quite that dramatic, but it was like, what the heck is going on? But I think they've worked a lot of that out and legitimately it has some good features, although I think it's overwhelming with how many features it has. They really started to give Yoast a run for their money. Like they made it so that people were really considering something besides Yoast. And since there was now like a division, it's sort of like in elections, whenever 
There's like a candidate who drops out to back another candidate because once the votes split, it's like all, you know, it's a different game. It's kind of what happened here, I yeah. think, where there's now a few other players, not only our favorite SEO press, but there's a couple others I've heard of and I've tested one or two. And it's surprising that they are pretty much offering everything that Yoast was offering for free in a like stable, reputable plugin. And then like from there, you know, it's all about, in my opinion, it's all about the interface. Like that's why I love SEO press more is because I like the interface better. I think that it gives me the options that I want in the places that I would typically look for them. Besides a few things, I did get confused on something the other day where I wanted to no index my tag archives and I had to go into like mm. titles and metas to get to it, which was weird. I, that is hard. Yeah. But anyway, other than like a few little things like that, it has better, I, I, the features I would look for in an SEO plugin, it has them and it has them in a place that I would look for them by default. And it doesn't put all the freaking advertising in your face. Yoast is like just this weird sort of trying to get you to upgrade to Yoast Premium whenever you actually don't need it, which is so weird. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm always bummed. Like, I, I get questions quite often about, should I get Yoast Premium? Or I talk to people after they've signed up for WordPress for the first time and they've already bought yeah. Yoast Premium and they have no use for yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I did a video on installing in the my preferred settings for SEO Press on the Site C Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And I think it took like 10 minutes to go through every single setting in the plugin and and talk about my favorite. So it's it's fairly simple, but very powerful. Yeah, I, yeah. I think if you're not sure what you want to use and you're just going on our list of recommendations, go with SEO Press for now. And I don't think there will be any regrets there. Yep. All right. After that, we have concerns about security and we need to fix them. What would you do? Well, I, I would say the first thing is kind of pseudo security, but it's more of like a quality of life using WordPress. You've got to have something for the con- comment spam that's going to come through. Even if you turn your comments off, you may still have comment spam and pingback spam and some other things like that, that, you know, it's just, it's such a, it's such an easy thing now for bots to find WordPress sites. And then like, they know the standard format for leaving comments. And so they can easily make bots that will just spam the heck out of any WordPress site. So you need something that's going to prevent that with some sort of captcha or honeypot or combination of the two. And I personally have been using anti-spam B on pretty much all of my personal sites just because honestly, the reason I've been using it, I did a check. I was doing a comparison. I looked in the repository for anti-spam and I like looked at all the reviews of the ones that had more than like half a million installs or something. And there were probably five or six that were all great. And anti-spam B was just the one that was easiest for me to remember every time I set up a new site. <laughs> so That's it's awesome. not like it's this like yeah. standout plugin in my opinion, but it, you don't have to configure it when you set it up and it just kind of automatically works. Right. So it just works. Yeah. That's what's so amazing. You just activate, done. Yeah. Don't think about exactly. it again. Uh, for me, a lot of people use security plugins like WordFence or similar, and I haven't found the need. If you're on a good site or sorry, if you're on good hosting, and you have a good theme, and then you have relatively few plugins, yep. you have much fewer attack vectors. Right. And Perf Matters, one of the performance plugins we mentioned, gives you the feature to just move your login location on your WordPress site. Just doing that alone is going to stop the majority of attacks that are just, they're just bots that are targeting 
every domain they can find and just looking at the standard WordPress login area. And then they're trying the standard like admin username and, and password, password, but password force. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah. They're, they're not people that are like actively trying to hack your website. Yeah. They're just trying to hack a million websites. Yeah. And so just making that one simple change of moving your login location and changing your admin away from the name admin is enough. And there are other things that when you hear about WordPress sites getting hacked, certain, I will say most hosts have started following better practices with like database naming and things like that. But Cloudways definitely takes care of a lot of the security things you would want there. I'm not going to say that it's perfect. Like I've, I've been, I'm in a group now with server admins trying to learn more and more about hosting and the guys in there who are really doing WordPress security, they make me like, I'm like, what are they talking about? This is nuts. <laughs> but there, there's some, if you really want to harden WordPress, you can make it like impenetrable. But like you said, I mean, I've over 15 plus years of using WordPress. I had one site hacked because I abandoned it like for years without touching it and left like some it was a contact form seven, I think, that ended up having a vulnerability. Oh, nice. And yeah. so like contact forms are a very common way to have these sort of injection based hacks and then yeah. poor hosting, like just really bad shared hosting. There may be ways that like someone on the same host as you might have enough information about the server to kind of make take advantage of vulnerabilities that wouldn't typically be possible. So anyway, all of that to say like exactly what Dylan already said, you, you don't necessarily need a lot on most sites, but what are a few other things that you might consider? Well, if you're on Cloudways, which is what we're recommending, they, they include yeah. one plugin automatically when you set up their Cloudways optimized WordPress app. Do you use that one? It, I do. It's called bot protection. And I haven't come across many issues with that. I think I can think of one site where we found it was blocking some feature, but yeah, that's super rare. And Cloudways support was able to find that very quickly. Mm -hmm. And once I knew that, I was like, okay, that's simple. Yeah. This one site, it's just not gonna have that feature. That's yeah, okay. And bot protection is basically keeping out brute force attacks by bots, DDoS attacks, at least to the contact or the login page, I think. I'm not 100% sure of all that it does. I should look into that a little bit more. Yeah. But I do know that- I looked it up once and you're right. Yeah, it, yeah. it helped on one site where we were I was helping a client who was getting hit by, you know, thousands of bots. And this, they had Cloudways set up before they were making bot protection default. And we enabled it at the recommendation of Cloudways support. And it fixed that sort of problem. So that's awesome. In the past, I've also used Cloudway or sorry, Cloudflare has similar, any, any high-end CDNs will have somewhat similar blocking of that type of yep. bot traffic. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think but, yeah, there are, you can look up some tutorials for hardening WordPress is what they call it, making it more secure. And there will be some recommendations on those lists for things like moving your, your login and, you know, making sure that your username and password are secure and things like that. I wouldn't install a bunch of plugins for this though. And I find that WordFence and what's the other big one? Gosh, it's spelled weird. I always remember. Anyway, they are <laughs> very likely to cause issues with your oh, sites. What is it? Security. Yeah, security. yeah. I don't know. I've just seen so many people who get locked out of their sites because of their security plugin and they can't ever get back in without 
doing some sort of hard reset at the hosting level that's really <laughs> complicated. Or they're on Show It, and Show It's version of WordFence is locking them yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's fun. You, you look into WordFence if you're looking for a like really you know feature rich firewall type solution. And I think Bot Protection has some sort of malware scanner firewall stuff built in too. So I need to look and compare that yep. to WordFence to say, in my mind, it's probably like the difference between Breeze and WP Rocket. You like what we talked about earlier? Yep. It's probably like exactly. Bot Protection and something like WordFence. Yep. The Cloudways Bot Protection is a version of Malcare okay. WordPress plugin. And it's very much like you said, the the real version is going to have more features, but I don't know if it's free or not. Probably spot protection they is. They probably have a premium version for sure. I would think that yep. like that would. All right. Outside of that, there's only three plugins left. Super simple setup. We typically are going to install the plugin called a redirection on almost every WordPress site. Do you want to talk about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I just install it for a couple of things. One, it has the feature to automatically detect URL changes and set up the redirect for you, which 95% of the time, and for beginners, even more percentage of the time, that's a good thing. We want them to automatically redirect any page URL changes. It, it also has like a redirect monitoring. So you can tell if somebody's being redirected or even, I think it even has 404 monitoring. So there's mm -hmm. some really cool features that it can do just in the background without adding any extra weight to your WordPress site or performance issues. So I have no problem installing it. And then I would say if I'm, you know, significant portion of the time I'm working with people who are moving from other platforms or who end up having a significant amount of content, anyone who's doing affiliate marketing, anyone who does a podcast or anything like that, if we were to tell you to go to feelyourphotos.com slash hosting, or actually feelyourphotos.com slash cloudways is our affiliate link. And that's set up in redirection to just redirect to our affiliate link for cloudways. So like little things like that, it can do very easily. It's just a nice plugin to have. Yeah. I also like one called Code Snippets. This is if you're ever making code changes to your functions.php, stop doing that <laughs> unless you really want to and just use this plugin. It allows you to turn on and off each snippet individually, yep. allows you to export them, etc. Yeah, a long time I was using super, headers super and nice. footers like as a way to insert mm -hmm. code into the header and footer, but this Code Snippets can do that as well. So anytime you're adding custom code, even custom CSS, you could, you could make it your practice that you always add it in code snippets. If you're using cadence, at least currently, you could add it in the customizer or you can add it to like specific row layouts and things like that. But knowing that you have like a, or, or if you're a, you know, a designer or developer and you make a child theme, you could add it to the child themes CSS file. If it's your personal site and you just always keep it in a code snippet, then you can easily diagnose, you can turn it on and off, you can update it in one place. It can be a really good way to keep your code safe if you want to add code to WordPress. Don't feel like this is one of those that you know, you're going to need code to work on WordPress. Following our suggestions so far, there's almost no coding that you'll need to do. But if you follow some tutorials out there or you are trying to do some sort of advanced analytics and tracking or you want to like really customize your theme with some custom PHP, making your own templates, make, making even like plugin type functionality that's very custom, that does like one little thing that you don't need to add another plugin to do. 
then this is the kind of plugin that you would want to use. We just like code snippets as the sort of general way to add code like that. Yep. And then finally, there's one called Fluent SMTP. If you are using the, is it Elastic Yeah, Elastic Email. On, yeah, on Cloudways. You can verify your domain through them and then get the API key and put that into this plugin and it will simply give you a log of every message that your WordPress site sends. So that might be new user registrations, password resets, if you have e-commerce like orders, things like that. And then also if your contact forms. Yep. So it will tell you like you've had six contact forms this week and 100% were delivered. Yeah. That's really cool. That's Super a good handy. feature by itself. In fact, I'm, you showed me this earlier. Yeah. Dylan was showing me that he was using this and he was using it to add the Elastic Email. And I was like, you don't have to do that. You can do it through Cloudways. And you can. You can add it through Cloudways directly without a plugin if you get the configuration just right. But it can be a little bit confusing. And the features that this adds for tracking your emails through them is just by itself probably worth adding to your like default WordPress list just because that is one of those things that I've had so many people in the past say, my site wasn't delivering my contact forms or no one could contact me through my site. This is a way where you could just eliminate having to worry about that. Yep. Also, I believe it might be a pro feature of Cadence. It is. Yeah, you'd have to check. Okay. Cadence Pro uh, Blocks have the ability okay. to monitor. I think it's Blocks or is it the theme? I think yeah, it's Blocks. It's the it's yeah. blocks. Not only monitor, but log your emails to the database. Yep, exactly. So you never lose a contact form submission. That saved a website that I was working on because they were checking the emails manually through that plugin or through Cadence to make sure that their emails were going through from their contact form and they they got those messages, thankfully, yep. and didn't just like lose them to the ether of nothingness. Yeah. Cool. Well, we've gone over a lot of stuff today. And yeah. I know it was a long episode with a lot of things we talked about were sort of technical, but I really hope that this is a helpful resource. And we'll try to put as many of the links as we can on the podcast page itself. Or if we end up mm -hmm. making a an article for this, then we'll make sure to embed this episode on that and make it kind of the default place. But that would be a great place for you to ask questions about specific plugins. I will say just kind of preemptively that if you're going to come in and say, well, you recommended SEO press, but can I use rank math? We're probably going to say, you know, like I've said a couple of times in this episode, like try it at your own risk, but we're not going to try to support everything out there. I think it's so useful for us as a, you know, as people who are trying to run a community of photographers who have resources for managing their websites and their SEO for us to really have opinions about which are the best we need to make sure that we're testing other things. So that's what we would really love to hear from you. If you're listening and you've tried something on our list and it either didn't work for you or you've tried something else that you think is significantly better, we would love to hear those opinions, get that feedback and add it to our list to make sure that we're testing everything that's up to date. Anything else you want to add to that, Dylan? I think that's pretty much it. This is just our very much opinionated, but I think it's, it's based on working on hundreds and thousands of WordPress sites, probably hundreds, maybe thousands. Definitely thousands uh, if you count all the random staging sites I've set up for testing things. Right. <laughs> Tens exactly. of thousands at I that know. point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just seeing what works for almost every situation and knowing that having this very simple setup has really, it's given me the best experience for my own sites where I'm like, I have eight plugins installed right. and I don't have 40 
And when I, when I get into other people's WordPress builds and there's 40 plugins, they're super out of date, there's weird custom stuff in weird places, I always pull my hair out. And I don't want that experience right. for you, especially if you're newer to WordPress. I think that if you, if you start WordPress right with this kind of stack, you're going to have a really good experience. And I'd, I'd much rather that yeah. happen. And I'm really excited about the idea of comparing stacks a little bit more. Like I was having a very you know, specific recommended stack and then hearing how other people are deviating from that stack and creating it their own little setup and their own stack. And I was being able to feature people on the podcast or like I can think of a few people right now who are running, like they know everything we talked about here and they've made some different decisions. That becomes an interesting conversation about like, why did you do this? And what's the use case for that? And those would be really fun conversations to have in the future. Totally. Agree. And one more thing real quick. If you haven't yet, you should definitely check out our membership because we are doing a lot of WordPress support there, especially right now. I won't necessarily guarantee it forever, but in the month of July, I'm trying to make one day every week specifically for WordPress and even more specifically Cadence primarily support. So basically the people who we have, who have joined recently, who are building on Cadence, we're going to be just talking about the builder and the best practices for the you know setup. There are some weird little things when you're getting started. We In the past few weeks, I've helped a lot of people who, and Dylan's probably helping a lot more people now too, with Caldera being out, <laughs> where you know, it seems pretty intuitive if you've been using it for a long time, but when you first get started, you might not know exactly where to go to change a setting or something like that. And it can be to the point where it's, it's frustrating and you want to pull your hair out and just quit. But then you can come into the office hours or you can ask us in the community and we can just give you like, oh, it's right here. Just go here, here, here. We'll do a quick screen recording for you or answer it right there live. And, you know, I think that's, if you're trying to get started right now with WordPress, there's never been a better time, especially for part of our community, just because we're really kind of going all in on helping people with that. And the membership's the place to be. So we'd love to have you there. Totally. Well, we'd love to see you. I'll leave comments in the comment section below and we'll see you on the next podcast. This podcast is brought to you by our very own SEO course. SEO can be difficult to learn and implement on your own and troublesome to hire out. To fix this, we've created a course that walks you through the steps to optimize your own site from start to finish. Visit fuelyourphotos.com to learn more.